0: Hello, and welcome back to Build Your Tribe. I'm so happy you're here, and you're going to love this episode. Today, I thought I'd do something a little different and, and introduce to you one of the members of our team. This is Miller Duray, and as is the case with many of the teammates, many of the people that work at Team Johnson, Miller is a budding entrepreneur, and so often we'll talk about where he's at in terms of the beginning stages of entrepreneurship and how some of the things that maybe I offer as advice, he wonders, does that really apply to someone who's just starting out, someone who's in their infancy stages? So I thought, you know, this is such a good conversation, and I think Miller's perspective really represents perhaps your perspective. So I thought I would invite him to have this conversation with me about the ideal social media platform for someone who doesn't have like a huge following, or maybe they've got one area, like for example, in Miller's case, it's it's YouTube, that they feel really confident, and they're a little reluctant to go to a platform and kind of start from scratch, you know, so this is a two part series. And I think you're going to really like this format. I hope that Miller's voice represents your voice. And and I'd love to hear what you think about this format. Now, of course, I will stick to, you know, the variety that you've come to expect here on build your tribe with interviews, um, messages just from me, and hopefully lots of other experts in the coming months. But I have a sneaking suspicion you're going to really dig this perspective.
1: Welcome to Build Your Tribe with your host, Chalene Johnson. I am not Chalene Johnson. You're like, who is this guy? I'm Miller Duray, and we're going to switch things up today. I did not mean to rhyme that. Anyway, Chalene, as you know, is everywhere online, in my opinion, and she may edit this out because maybe it's embarrassing but I think she's the go-to person online for building your brand in social media there is one platform she happens to be even more consistent more visible and more personal certainly on than all the others and that's gonna be snapchat but why why would Shalene jump on Snapchat if she already has a huge following other places like Facebook and Instagram? And why would you, dear listener, want to jump on Snap when you at this time have no presence there, but you do other places? The thing with social media
0: is it it goes in waves, right? So when people rely on just one or two or even three platforms, I mean, that's important and that's typical, but... Ideally, when new platforms start to emerge and you hear people talking about them and you hear that little voice inside your head that says, I don't want to deal with it, it's another platform, I don't have the time, I think you should question yourself and at least figure it out, look at it, because you never know what's going to be hot next. And so much of getting a following on any social media platform is being there early, You know, the biggest YouTube accounts, the Instagram influencers who are now making full-time multiple six-figure incomes because of their Instagram following. Many of those people, they are as popular as they are because they just showed up there first or at least early. So I always think it's important to check out what people are talking about, especially when it's the kids talking about it and the marketers aren't there yet. Because once the marketers all arrive, it's almost like then it's really hard to get your footing. I think it's a really important time right now for everyone who's listening. And I could be wrong, but my bet right now is on Snapchat. And my bet is paying off. It's giving us such incredible return on the investment of the time that I'm spending on Snapchat that I think even if you have establish followings on other social media platforms. Now is the time to start to understand Snap.
1: I was catching up on some YouTube this morning and I realized now as Shaleen is speaking about getting in on a platform early that the YouTubers I was watching have been around long before the term YouTuber was even a thing. I'm talking big fish in a little tiny pond. People like Nigahiga, Shane Dawson, Colleen Ballinger, aka Miranda Sings. They've been creative, consistent, and they've really changed and grown as YouTube has changed and grown. But I can't help but wonder in today's time with so many competing platforms, which was not the case back in 2006-ish when YouTube began, why invest the time on Snapchat when it's no longer a small pond and your views there are probably seriously lacking in comparison to other social media apps you might be on.
0: It's a valid concern that people have when they look at their views, let's say, on their Instagram story versus their views on Snapchat, myself included. I have almost three times the amount of views on Instagram stories that I do on Snapchat. Nonetheless, it's a different, they're not the same. Even though Instagram stories has kind of copied what Snapchat's done, they're not the same in terms of the viewers experience when you're watching Snapchat it's just you and me and it's FaceTime and I can swipe up and talk to you and it's it's consumed in a very different way than other social media platforms and for that reason the connection is incredibly profound it feels like your friends and as I always say especially in the last year What's changed about social media, especially for those people who are trying to build their business, is it's no longer about the views or your reach or those numbers, your followers. It's about true connection. And when you can find a platform where people feel truly connected to you, you don't have to sell because people, they really know you, right? And it's only once we know someone that we can trust them and therefore like them. So if it's a shortcut to getting to know me, it's gonna work for me and it's gonna work for you too. And that's why I always tell people, don't look at the numbers. You will have an incredible return on your investment if you just go deep with your followers on any platform where you can create that connection. And I think Snapchat is a place to do that.
1: Getting more personal, being authentic, even vulnerable on Snapchat is what going deep means to me, which I admit can sound a little bit scary, but I think people are attracted to real. So let's just say I begin doing this. How do I even gauge if it's working? Is there a way to discern on Snapchat your ROI versus other platforms? That's
0: the trickiest part of social media is measuring your return on investment. And one way of doing it is, of course, to track links. So what's available now on Snapchat and also on Instagram for some accounts, not all on Instagram at the time that I'm recording this, but for Snapchat, all accounts have the ability to place a link and tell viewers to swipe up and it'll take them directly to that link. You can create a link that is specifically tracking traffic from Snapchat. You can take a look at metrics like how many people take a screenshot. You can say, okay, guys, if you're interested or if, if you'd like to know more about this particular topic, take a screenshot of the next snap, and that way I'll have a sense of how many of you would like to know more. And, and so that's one way you can kind of hack the system and create your own metrics. But what I've found is incredibly useful is just telling people when they've purchased something from me or when they've listened to one of my podcasts to swipe up and tell me about it. And I can measure just by the number of comments and feedback and compare that, relatively speaking, to the same type of response I'm getting on on Facebook. So let me give you an example of what I mean by this. When we launched our diet beta test, which was the testing, it's what we kind of referred to as the testing before we'd release the name of our program, which is 131 Diet. But when I released the the testing, I would open up test groups for you know an hour or so and just get enough people in there to, to test it. I, I did this first on Facebook and I have you know over or close to a million followers on Facebook. and I have one tenth of that. On Snapchat at the time. Nonetheless, the Snapchat group filled up those spaces quicker than the over million people that I have following me on Facebook. Why? Because on Snapchat, they are self-selected. And by that I mean if somebody's following you on Snapchat, it's not by accident. It's, it's almost, you really go through this process. If you want to follow someone, it's not easy. So it's almost like, you know, this person has made additional effort to follow you. They're in your car. They're a lifer. I don't know about you, but when I scroll through my Instagram feed, I say to myself a lot of times, when would I follow this person? Like, why did I, I'll click on their profile. I'm like, why did I follow this person? What was I thinking? I never do that on Snapchat. On Snapchat, you're very, very particular about the people that you follow. And there's this interesting behavior that happens where if you're following someone on Snapchat, you feel this like obligation to get all the way through all of their snaps that day. And if there's someone whose snaps you aren't watching day after day after day, you typically just unfollow them. And most of us don't do that on Instagram and on Facebook, which means a lot of the content on Instagram and on
1: Facebook becomes white noise. Speaking of followers, the prevailing opinion I keep reading at least is that Snapchat skews really young teenagers mostly. So if that's true, would it be beneficial for those who are older, 40s, 50s and upward to use Snapchat for business?
0: As with all social media platforms, they kind of start trending with a younger demographic. You know, it's true for YouTube, it's definitely true for Instagram, you know, it's true for Facebook. But eventually, as they gain popularity, they tend to trend older. And the same thing is happening on Snapchat. So we're seeing an older demographic using Snapchat. My average user is in the age range of 25 to 35. How do I know this? I did a Snapchat poll, which is a really cool feature. You can use a very simple app called Blaze, and I will link to that in the show notes, that allows you to create a poll your Snapchat followers can swipe up and respond to the poll and they'll tell you. They'll tell you what they're interested in. I've used that polling system to help me listen to them and give them what it is they want. Like, you know, what is it you're looking for? What's the next topic you want me to cover? Um, And then asking them, like, how old are you and how did you find out about me? Like, all of these things you can and should find out on Snapchat because, the worst thing you can be doing is just become a talking head and just chatting and snapping and, and just assuming that that's what your followers want to see. You've got to give them value. Even if they're already in your car, even if they're already lifers, They still, you still have to respect their time and make sure it's valuable. So Snapchat is definitely trending older. What about a personal anecdote maybe to exemplify this? I have a great story. I actually recently heard from a realtor who I can tell you she's over 60, loves Snapchat because it allows her to connect with people in her area who are of influence, who are in the price range that she wants to service them in terms of buying and selling homes. And through Snapchat, yep, she's a grandma, through Snapchat, she was able to connect with buyers and sellers on a regular basis, like develop a relationship over Snapchat. One of those individuals became her client and she ended up being the real estate agent, the, bu- the buying agent on a $6 million property. So there's a return on investment for you. So that's two things. That's a return on investment. And that's proof that anyone at any age and in any industry can use Snapchat, not just to build your business. I mean, don't just use Snapchat to build your business. Use Snapchat to deepen relationships.
1: What if you're that person who always feels awkward on camera, or maybe you feel that the behind the scenes of your business is pretty boring and there's no way anyone is going to want to watch it?
0: the thing about Snapchat, which is exemplified by the example I just provided, is that real estate agent doesn't snap herself. She she doesn't, you know, document her day on Snapchat. She uses it to engage with other people. So she's following them. It gives them a sense, gives her a sense of what is this person about? What are they interested in? Do they have kids? Do they have uh, dogs, they have pets. What, what are their likes and dislikes? What's their personality like? So it's almost, it like gives her an opportunity to be a voyeur on her potential new client or customer. So don't think of using Snapchat just as a way to, you know, showcase what it is you're doing. Use it as a way to get a deeper sense of who it is you want to work with. Yeah, I may have thousands and thousands of students in my academies, but they join that academy One connection at a time, you know, and so if I can know a little something about them, either from connecting with them on Snap, or if you could follow your potential new customer, your potential new teammate, and learn a little bit about them, you may find that either number one, you don't want to work with them, or number two, some kind of inside information that allows you to make a deeper connection with them. So it's not just about you putting out your content, it's also a way for you to get a deeper understanding of who it is that is your next potential customer,
1: client, or teammate. What I'm getting from this is establishing a rapport with a future client. And I guess I never thought of Snapchat in that capacity. I think it's cool because opening communication up is just a way to make people feel good. You know, that might even be a good dictum for your business. How are you making people feel today? Now, what if you're that person who has legit so much to talk about? You're thinking, how do I know where to even start with this?
0: The great part about Snapchat is it does disappear after 24 hours. At least it should disappear after 24 hours. So what's cool about that is you can start using it, start playing, especially when you don't have a lot of followers and watch your snaps back at the end of the day and ask yourself, was that interesting? Was that valuable? Was that funny? And, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. Just start kind of documenting your day. I think people really like seeing real. Now, I don't think you have to document everything, but you just have to ask yourself at the end of the day, was, would that be valuable or interesting to someone who doesn't know a lot about this? Things that people love to see is, how, how do you spend your day? People love to see that. They like to see how it's organized. When do you exercise? When do you focus on your business? When are you real and home and a mom? And So even if you're using Snapchat for business, you have to remember that anyone who's following you on Snap, they like you. They are not following you on Snapchat because of your business. They are following you because they dig you. They want a piece of you. They want to be friends with you. They like who you are. That means they want to know more about you. So I don't think that you should like have a professional image on Snapchat. I don't think that works. I've seen a few people try it and I'm like, eh,
1: I, mm. It doesn't work like, because I, I really don't know who you are. Hold up. I hear this and think, how real is too real though? Like, do we get
0: to see Shaleen with a bedhead? You know, I show my Snap followers the messes I make in my house and with makeup on, without, make, without much makeup on. <laughs> You'll never see me with no makeup. Okay, my Snap followers have seen me with no makeup, but... They've seen everything. They've seen the inside of my closet. They've seen, you know, my kids doing things that make me mad. They they've seen it all. They see arguments between Brett and I I shouldn't say arguments. They see quarrels between Brett and I. And that's What you
1: have to do and and how you figure out what to do is just by experimenting. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes after I hit send, I'll look at what I posted and be like, oh, that was really boring or maybe inappropriate or something and then regret putting it out there in the first place. Here's the best news of all. If you watch a snap like an hour or two later and you're like, that is so dumb or so boring. Delete it. And what about all those filters you can play with on Snapchat and IG and Facebook? I know our Snapchat MIA ambassador, Brock, says to use them very sparingly and never when you're telling a story. But let's hear Shaleen's take on this.
0: Please don't use voice-changing filters. There's nothing more annoying. People do it as a crutch. And there's nothing more annoying because we can't understand what you're saying and we don't know who you are. It's like you showing up with a disguise on and a voice changer. And I'm trying to figure out who you are and you have a disguise on and a voice changer. It makes no sense. The only time you should use one of those voice changing filters is if you're going to do like a couple of snaps and you think it's funny. But I'm just telling you, not a lot of people know
1: how to pull that off.
0: So just be you, would you? Just try it. If you don't like it, delete it
1: and try it again the next day. Shaleen's surprising thoughts on responding to comments on Snapchat and a whole lot more are going to have to wait because this was just part one. Part two is just a few days away, so make sure you are subscribed to Build Your Tribe. Again, I'm Miller DeRay, and it was an honor. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you so much, Miller, for your perspective. I love hearing your feedback. I love the way that you think through these things, and I I hope that those of you who are listening— feel like you heard some of the questions you would have asked. Like if, if we were driving the car together or maybe sometimes when you listen to my podcast, these are the things that you're like saying out loud and now you've actually got somebody there to say those things. I really loved this and I hope that you do too. Uh, either Whether you like it or not, you're getting two episodes of it. So tune into part two. Part two you're going to love. Again, it doesn't matter even if you're you know, thinking about Snapchat or whether it's Instagram or maybe it's Pinterest or maybe you've been spending all of your time on Twitter and now you just really need to bite the bullet and really start doing live video or live stories on Facebook. The advice here can translate to whatever thing it is that you're thinking about building because all of these platforms now are offering that live story feel, whether it's YouTube, They've got a live feature or Twitter's Periscope. Facebook now has Facebook stories. Hi, Uh, Instagram stories. Like, you know, don't just think Snapchat because much of the principles that you're going to hear in my next episode with Miller, you can apply to whatever platform it is you're thinking about going in deep. Do not miss part two. All right, gratitude for putting up with my long break while I was working on 131, the 131 method. It's changing the world, it's changing the way people eat, it's changing the way people view their bodies. Actually, it's 131diet.com if you're interested. But just so you know, it's it's not a diet. From a business standpoint, I have to tell you, I'm not sure if I made the right decision in calling it 131 diet, because it's not a diet, it's a method. Yes, of course, I know that anything you market as a diet, everybody wants to buy it because everybody goes on multiple diets per year. But here's the problem. It's not a diet. It's creating your own diet. And so because of that, this is, okay, dude, this is just between me and you. Because of that, we've had a lot of people who join 131 and they're expecting it to be a diet with a set of diet rules. And you know, to be just like every other quote unquote dumb diet that they've ever done. And it's not that. So I don't know. I, I we should, I should do an episode about this, shouldn't I? I mean, it's a blockbuster hit. It's far exceeded my expectations. It's bigger than anything we've ever done in any of our businesses. It's just huge. We expanded our staff by like 20 plus. But there's been some challenges along the way. So I like to share those with you. To help you avoid them and also because you know you're entrepreneurial so I think you find this stuff pretty interesting just let me know if that's something you want me to dig into I will if you want but I need to hear from you so you can hit me up in the socials or you could of course let me know specifically about this episode and put your feedback there by leaving an iTunes review when you do that you get good karma for like the seven days guaranteed uh, in the meantime I better I better wrap this up because as you know it's always my goal to be brief, to be fun, and then be done. This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Life Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple to use 30 day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized, and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to smartlifepushjournal.com.